welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Rishi and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's a backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Executive Chef Christian Grebner at Dolly in Le Meridian. Of course, Art Deco is always in style, but it feels as though it's having a particular moment amongst some of Melbourne's newest venues, along with sweeping staircases. I've swept up at least three staircases in the last month alone, and I love a good sweeping staircase. I think it's exactly for that Art Deco glamour reason. Dolly at Le Meridian has a sweeping spiral staircase that transports you from the lobby downstairs, well, on the ground floor, into another world downstairs. A world of glitz and glamour recalling the glory days of the Palace Theatre, built in 1912 and home to live theatre, cinema, live music and a nightclub until 2020. Le Meridian now stands in its place and it's beautiful with its 235 rooms, intermission cafe, dolly, an 18 metre heated pool on the fifth floor with views of the city and its own poolside bar. Dolly is named for the Dolly zoom camera technique pioneered in Hitchcock's 1958 film Vertigo and the restaurant is creating its own sense of tracking shot with a nod to the past through the lens of modern creativity. I was lucky enough to be invited to Dolly to try the signature menu of oysters, cured salmon roulade, beef wellington with chestnut potato mousseline and bomba lasca. I loved it all. But I particularly enjoyed my opening cocktail, Vanity, made with gin, rancancan à la pêche, orange bitters, Campari and Violette, and the theatre of the Bomb Alaska, flambéed at the table. Christian Grabner is the man behind the menu, and I couldn't wait to meet him. Christian himself mightn't be happy with that description, because he's actually all about his team, and he spoke so highly of the work they do together, noting that he's continually impressed by what his sous-chef Max achieves. Originally from Germany, Christian loves food and cooking, a passion he discovered at 14 years old, and which led him to kitchens and hotels around Europe and Australia. He describes his dishes with genuine delight, and the dining room as an escape to the glamour and glitz of the good old days. From the early days of his cooking journey, what Christian loved the most was the way food brought friends and family together to enjoy each other's company. He's never looked back. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Sorry, my hands are a bit cold. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So, this is so beautiful in here, and we had such a delicious dinner on Friday, so thank you um, for that. And um, we had some of a lot of your signature dishes as well, so uh, I'm really interested to hear. Well, here, I want to hear everything, but um, so I guess the theme is um, glory years and glamour and art deco and those things. And is that what you based your menu around? Correct. So um, we're, we're trying to bring, bring back uh, the glitz and glamour of the good old days. Yeah. So the idea is, um, in a setting as such as, as Dolly is, um, having a little bit of an escape room to go for, um, to go into a, back into a time uh, where it was a little bit more populous, 
we spent a little bit more money, we enjoyed ourselves, we went out and, and went big. And that is kind of, kind of the connection we wanted to bring back. Um, enjoying classic old dishes, or classic, um, classic dishes, um, more elevated service. Um, but yeah, enjoy it with a, in, in a setting where hey, you can let go, enjoy yourself for multiple hours, um, and even if you pair it up and would like to go for a theater, obviously. Um, Perfect setting. Yeah. Dress up. So where do you start when you're planning a menu? Um, I think, first of all, it depends on the setting of actually the, the restaurant itself. So when I start planning a menu, I look at the space. So for me, it's the architectural uh, service sequence, the intimacy. So um, seeing how the tables are organized, uh, what, what sizes, what, what groups could we obviously accommodate. I'll be looking, and then looking as well at the clientele we try to attract. So, and I think based on that, we'll make them, or I at least start them making the decision what could a menu look like that could customize or like cater for the space. Mm. So, the space is important. If this would be now an, an, a restaurant which would be full of sunlight um, and have, would not have those features, the menu would look completely different. Yes. Yeah, so it's really it's, it's more focused on dinner operation in here. Um, clearly, the uh, the lunch trade most likely will pass. It's not it's not what this restaurant is targeting. So therefore, we can be a little bit bolder, a little bit stronger in our flavor profiles and go a bit heavier. Yeah. Could you give me some examples of that? What is what is bolder and heavier? Because the beef Wellington was certainly very flavorsome and impressive. What other dishes are you creating that are bold? So we have, we have um, beautiful dishes as well, a lamb crepinette. So it's um, basically a, the, a pork crepinette um, filled with um, um, lemons, with pistachio, with garlic, with mustard seeds and so on, and then wrapped around a um, lamb loin. So ultimately, again, it's more like a, a sausage casing, the, the old way of um, serving sausages. So yeah. uh, again, not saying it's sausage and mash, but obviously <laughs> it goes down the track of obviously um, yeah, uh, bringing again humble, bold flavor pairings that can match very well with a strong wine setting. Mm. Yeah, and um, apart from that, obviously we have um, uh, chestnut potato mousseline on the menu as a yeah. side dish, going on uh, the bombalaska for dessert. Uh, so there's a couple of dishes that really will round the entire night up. And the bombalaska is an entertaining dessert as well yes. because you know everything happens at the table with the flambe and so on it's beautiful i don't think i've ever actually had bombalaska before to be honest <laughs> it's, it's one of those wonderful. things it's an iconic dessert yes. but then having it brought to the table and then lit and so on that was beautiful yeah and in terms of wine because wine i think is important here as well at dolly um, do you have a say in the wine matching or does some of the... I was allowed to have a couple on my wish list, yes. yes. So I was allowed to, to buy a couple of um, thoughts to, to, through choices, um, but ultimately uh, Patrick Walsh was in charge of obviously yeah. curating the entire list. So um, we, I picked a couple of European wines, um, which I wanted to see along the lines, just based from the area where I'm from as well. And um, obviously, because I created a menu already in advance, and then we had started pairing them obviously with the wines. I gave my recommendation to the dishes so we actually get up with um, better pairings. Mm. And there is that cinematic uh, theme I guess as well with the name of the restaurant and where it, where it is in the old palace theatre. Um, is that something you took into consideration when you were preparing food or is it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think when it, um, 
when we discovered um, the, or when we kind of started unraveling the layers of like entertainment which this venue stands for um, still till today people are coming through the door and the first thing is like oh it's the old metro that's the old this, this old nightclub where I spent my youth in and it is a very very common answer from so many or common comment from so many patrons we have here uh, so they really like to come back to a sit in a space again and then from the theatrical aspects obviously the Bombalasco was clearly just for that purpose we kind of came up with we know it's going to be a dimmed environment it's going to be dark um, fire is always theatrical um, a, a beautiful eye catcher as well so you, that dish just being put a place on the menu obviously to cater for that needs yeah and how long before opening in a place like this how long are you here for, like, when do you arrive um, I think it's Every, every place is different, obviously. We, um, I started officially at the end of November. Wow. And um, the official lounge date of the hotel was then on the 16th of March. Mm. Uh, but between actually getting the kitchen and getting into the restaurant open, we only had two weeks. Okay. So it was a very, very tight turnaround for us to even get ready, prepare, train the team, and then be ready for lounge. So, uh, challenging time, but a rewarding time, yes. <laughs> And how many staff have you got in your team? Um, the overall team size is 12 chefs. Yeah. Um, but they are spending over a seven day roster. Yeah. Um, from breakfast, breakfast to dinner. So. So you're over. So you're overseeing room service. We have, um, and the, we have room service. We have cafe upstairs. Okay. Um, the restaurant, uh, breakfast operation, and banquet catering, as well as um, then we have on level five pool deck. Yes. For, so beautiful up there. Our, wait, our waiter took us up just to show us on yeah, Friday, yeah. and it was just—it's quite magical too at night with all the lights of the city around the glo- the blue glowing pool. It's really yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's such a beautiful place. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear a little bit more about you and um, and where it all began for you. So um, obviously you're from Germany. What, yes. what part of Germany are you from? Um, from northern part of Bavaria, it's close to the city of Nuremberg. I think it's most relatable for most people. They say, I'm from countryside, so small town, 5,000 people. Um, but yeah, quickly realized that a small town is too small for me. Yes. Um, families, well traveled. I always traveled when I was younger. I was very fortunate to travel Europe extensively when I was, when I was a kid. Um, and passion for hospitality started very early on when uh, I was allowed to cook for my family, just at home. We cooked for each other. My mom was a great cook. So um, it was always this humble moment when family came together and we enjoyed each other's time. And I think that caught me quite early that this is a very great moment in life um, when people are enjoying each other's company and have a laugh and um, yeah, share time with each other. And I think from there it kind of grew on me directly very on, early on um, and started directly with my apprenticeship at the age of 17. Mm. And from there I never looked back. So it's now been 10 or 18 years yeah, in the industry. Right. And well, where did you study? Life. You studied in a, obviously a larger city than... Yes, correct. Yeah, so yeah, I, tra- I travelled to the city of Bainburg mm. um, and I did my apprenticeship in a four and a half star superior hotel. Hotel operation as well, which was catering between um, multiple... We had multiple restaurants, multiple function rooms. But uh, again, same in our seven days a week operation. Um, but yeah, the, the operation went from 50 people a la carte to 1,500 people banquets. Wow banquet operations, plated events, buffets, so, so it was very, uh, it was a broad band of experience that came together in this little short moment of time, so it was just not focusing on one single cuisine type, it was directly like the entire spectrum of, of catering, mm. and um, 
from there I ventured on. Um, I actually had a stint in the army as well. Um, I saw that, yeah. Had, had a um, couple of months in the army of compulsory service. Um, moved to Switzerland, the season in Switzerland in fine dining. Um, returned to Germany, then started joining um, the Marriott World, so back in the day Starwood World. Um, Starwood Hotels, and the Starwood Hotels always love to travel. And came across to Australia in 2010, and then from there I worked from Sheraton on the Park in Sydney. Uh, the Western, or now Fullerton, Sydney, um, back to Sheraton on the Park, and from the Sheraton to the Sheraton on the Gold Coast, and then from the Sheraton Gold Coast, I came down to, to Madden. And I wow. started off at uh, Hilton, was my first executive chef role, to Hilton and um, Southwark, and then it got transferred to the Pan Pacific, Pan Pacific to Marvel Stadium, and then from Marvel Stadium yeah, to Le Meridian. And what is it about hotels that's so appealing, rather than a standalone restaurant? Um, hotels are appealing because it's a diverse range of catering. Again, yeah. it's, um, it's not singling out one service period. When you're excellent in one service period, you need to be excellent 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The challenge is just a lot more immense, and I enjoy challenges, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes. And so in the kitchen at the height of everything, are you on an adrenaline high or are you feeling stressed or like what happens to you in that buzz of service? Um, I think because because I, I was lucky enough to got really trained in like extremely large operations, extremely busy operations. We talk about 25 million, 30 million FP operations. Um, so a certain resilience has been developed over the years uh, that obviously the stress is predictable. So um, um, have a very clear mind about what's, what's coming my way and therefore can prepare myself and can prepare the team as well for what's to come and therefore actually the stress levels are surprisingly low getting lower with the years I guess as we grow older. yeah and that's part of leadership too isn't it the right. um, taking care of the well-being of your staff yes. as well and um, making sure that they feel confident to enter into service without you know worrying about making mistakes and those kinds Correct. of things Correct. yeah especially in the industry ever since COVID as well it's changed dramatically the last couple of years for the way I was treated when I was younger in the ranks to nowadays how we treat our team members is all opposite um, and I think there's been many big books been been written about it the change in, in, in hospitality um, but it's definitely visible day to day but I think it's, it's good it's great for the team obviously because um, I do not want them to experience what I had to go through no that's right yeah. I actually just went to um, a talk on Monday night um, called Mo Hospo, run by the Movember people in conjunction with hospitality people, and they had a panel of six men. It was mainly men's mental health and hospitality, but it did tend to uh, embrace anyone in hospitality, and I just think, um, you know, that, that historically it is an industry where, as you say, it's been stressful and people have dealt with stress in various ways, whether that's, you know, the shouting way or the, um, the drinking too much, all those kinds of things. Um, it's good to see that there's a way forward and that not all teams are still in that rut. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Finding striking the balance is hard. It's difficult. It's not always achievable. Yeah. Um, but at least the efforts, the efforts taken daily has been, you get the reward from the team instantly. If you know that you're treating them differently than they've been treated maybe in previous places. And it's about modeling too, isn't it? And I guess it's about context. And when you're in a context like this where you have I would imagine very good support systems and, um, and, and systems in place that everyone knows the role they're playing and what to do in these situations. I think that must help as well. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, this, yeah, it's the challenge obviously of, of um, 
my sous chef as well, and so yeah. on, to, to establish those systems and make sure that the team is well looked after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And do you think about food all the time? <laughs> I love it, yes. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of need to find a balance, obviously, to buy it. Um, <laughs> as well doing doing something which is healthy for me and, and doing my sports and everything but uh, no I, lo- I love food I have a passion for food um, couldn't live without it I love cooking at home you know I cook for my partner either, every day it's just like a joy as well looking after others and sharing my passion with others um, so you never never have a dull moment in, in my life when it comes to it it's just, <laughs> and when you are looking for inspiration obviously you've got a vast repertoire of places you've worked and food you've cooked before but do you do you like to look at cookbooks or do you look online more nowadays what's your inspiration I think um, it could be something as, I mean inspiration I would not say that I have not because like one chef I'm following and so like this is, this is what it is because again currently with our style of food we're actually going exactly polar opposite we're going backwards instead of moving forwards um, whilst we still go seasonal and obviously local um, obviously the style of food goes actually you know we're paling back and going years and years back, yeah. even before the time I was in the kitchen. <laughs> so, um, when it comes to inspiration, I think walking down the street and just looking into the restaurants, looking outside and at the menus and, and, and seeing what sells. Um, food trends come and go. Uh, it's really hard to grab them and say, okay, this is currently what it is and it works maybe for like six months. But you have to reinvent yourself constantly. So it's, um, it can't stop. And that's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful thing about food because it keeps you challenged. It keeps you on the toes and keeps you running and, and, and looking for new things. Um, you never stop learning. Right? So, again, how the inspiration comes, I love cookbooks, I love putting my head in them. Um, I like watching a good show, I have no problems with that either. Um, to where? It's mentioned walking down the road and just looking what other restaurants are doing. And can you still be surprised by food, by a dish or by a flavour? I can. I am sometimes surprised by capabilities of my team members chefs um, especially I'm extremely proud of my my sous chef Max who is standing with me in the kitchen uh, he keeps on surprising me every day over and over again just the ease and how he how he produces food how he how he looks at food how he touches it um, keeps on surprising me and what he comes up with so just seeing other people's creativity and obviously sharing creativity with each other I think is just and just to finish off with, what would your, your advice be to a young person, or I suppose anyone, who was thinking about becoming a chef? Um, not to worry about the immediate situation you're facing yourself in. Try to see yourself where you want to be in a few years' time. Um, don't take for granted that, that people in front of you have reached that level by um, through through a natural path. Some people, it, it requires a lot of dedication and hard work. It's not an easy industry. But it can be a very rewarding industry if you are willing to put the hard yards for it. Um, yeah, worry about don't worry about the image. Um, the moment you're currently standing, look where you want to be in five years, ten years time, and work towards that. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Christian Grabner at Dolly in the Meridian. You can check out all the goodness by going into 20 Burke Street and sweeping down the staircase for yourself. Right now, though, you could jump on Instagram at Dolly Melbourne, or one word. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. And, of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. 
do you know how much I'd love it if you told a friend about these chats? And I'd always love to know that you came back as well. So thanks for listening and have a great day.